Paul Gow is the chair of Hepatitis Victoria's Liver Health Advisory Committee, and I'm here with him today to talk about liver health. Welcome, Paul. Great. Thanks, Mark. The Liver Health Advisory Committee, how did you become involved with that? I was invited to be involved by Melanie Eagle, the CEO of Hepatitis Victoria, looking for somebody to give clinical input, I guess, into a, a broadening of the role that Hepatitis Victoria is planning over the next few years. And so what's your interest in the liver? I mean, it's a much maligned organ. How did you become involved in the liver in the first place? You surprise me that you say it's maligned. It's my bread and butter. Um, And in the world I live in, it's everyone else's bread and butter. I am a hepatologist, so that's what I do uh, nine till five, Monday till Friday. I'm a gastroenterologist, so a gut specialist, but I've subspecialized in hepatology. And that's been my full-time job really for 20 years. How did I get into it? Well, well, junior doctors rotate through all of the medical specialties. So they do three months of haematology, which is blood medicine, cardiology, which is heart medicine, neurology, which is brain medicine, and gastroenterology. And I loved my 12 weeks doing gastroenterology. I saw really interesting patients with complex medical problems. I had some senior clinicians who were really bright people and really engaged with their patients. And I thought that's what I wanted to do with my career. In terms of viral hepatitis and hepatology, how have you seen that change in the past 20 years? It's been, it has been miraculous. And I think, you know, using the sort of miracle world is real in describing what's happened. When I started, I guess, in the late 90s as being a junior consultant, there was no drugs really for hepatitis B. And interferon by itself, which was a very poorly effective drug, was the only drug available for hepatitis See, and now 20 years later we have simple curative therapy for hepatitis C and we're discussing that it's going to disappear as a disease which it probably will almost in the next couple of decades and hepatitis B is simple to manage there's no curative therapy but it's very simple to manage in almost everybody so these diseases have gone from being enormous almost insoluble problems to fixed in one generation it's, it's an amazing achievement in terms of what we do at hepatitis victoria what do you think it means for our remit if hepatitis B and hepatitis C eventually, as you say, will go away. Yeah, well, um, that's great news for the people who've had any contact with hepatitis Victoria. Is, um, I think especially for the people with hepatitis C is that their burden, the people out there with that disease, that, that burden will disappear. For people with hepatitis B, they're on, you know, there's no curative therapy, so they carry this disease with them for the rest of their lives generally and will have it controlled. I guess it means there is potentially space for Hepatitis Victoria to broaden their remit and uh, they can potentially offer services to a broader range of people with liver disease that they may not have been able to offer in you know, the last 10 or 20 years when they were really snowed in with, um, with people you know, with complicated issues related to Hepatitis B and C. What is the problem at the moment with the liver in Australia and the world? Look, there's, there's a long list of things that can upset your liver. People are, have heard about Hepatitis B and C and they're aware that alcohol causes liver damage. But there's a long list of things that people out there are walking around with that don't have the uh, media presence that hepatitis B or C has had. There's genetic liver diseases, uh, you know, diseases that run in families. There's autoimmune liver diseases, you know, really quite complicated things that can affect otherwise physically fit and well people. And there is this very, very common disease called fatty liver disease, which affects a third of the Australian population and anybody who's got really a bit of a belly is likely to have some degree of fatty liver disease and that can affect your liver variably from doing 
almost trivial liver damage to life-threatening liver disease. And where do they go to for information now? I guess you're talking about potentially 8 million Australians. Yeah. Where do they find out information about fatty liver disease? The, I think the first port of call should be their GP. If people are concerned they have it or they've been diagnosed with it and are uncertain about the implications of it, I think they should have a chat with their general practitioner. Uh, the general practitioner will be seeing this day in, day out and will be able to reassure them, if appropriate, about what's going on with their liver or give them guidance as to what to do about it. And a subgroup of people will have more serious liver disease and will be seeing a gastroenterologist, a specialist about their liver disease. Online quality information is lacking and that is potentially one of the areas that Hepatitis Victoria could move towards is providing more consumer information or readily accessible consumer information. And do you have, as the chair of the Liver Health Advisory Committee, do you have a, a vision of, of what, what we might be able to do? We are working towards a vision, I guess, is where we're up to. I, th- I think a great achievement would be to provide quality information for people, easily digestible information that is you know, suitable for a broad range of patient groups. They can provide, I guess, potentially support for people and direction as to how to negotiate through the sometimes complex health system. And also there's a sort of public awareness issue where those in the know know a lot about fatty liver disease, but almost everybody else walking around there with it knows nothing. That's, that's a public health campaign that needs to be made and Hepatitis Victoria can be part of that. As a liver specialist, have you noticed more focus on the liver community? I, I don't really think so. Yeah. So I think most people who are outside of the medical world who I chat with about liver disease know nothing about it. You know, they know what your heart does and your brain does and your lungs do, but most people don't have a concept of what their liver does. And apart from understanding that alcohol can cause liver damage and so can viruses, we have no concept about other diseases that can affect your liver, what goes wrong, what symptoms you might develop. Fatty liver disease is becoming really common. A third of the people out there have got it. People will want to know more about it. So this is a public health issue that needs to be raised um, and people need to understand its implications. I guess when I started the interview, I said the maligned liver, I mean, probably the ignored liver more than anything like that. Yeah. Oh, I think some people do think it's maybe it is maligned is the right word. Ignored. And maybe up until the last couple of decades, that was reasonable. There were diseases we couldn't do much about. And 20 or 30 years ago, fatty liver disease really wasn't an issue. So B and C now, there's really effective therapy and people do need to be aware of it because there's something you can do. And fatty liver disease, it's really important because it's going to shorten people's lives. And there are interventions that are effective. So it is important for you know all of the community really to understand it, what it is. Fatty liver disease, what is driving this explosion? Or is it just something new that's happening? It's, it's a newish phenomenon and it relates to primarily obesity. So as Australians have got bigger, the percentage of people with fatty liver disease has changed. A graph that lists number of people with fatty liver disease over years will be the same shape as that with obesity. So it primarily relates to obesity, but also to poor diet and inadequate exercise and some other funny things. And that leads to complications, other types of That leads on potentially to liver disease, cirrhosis, liver cancer, and early death from those things. But also it's a really strong marker that you're at increased risk of developing life-threatening heart disease, diabetes, sleep apnea, high blood pressure, kidney disease. So it's a marker of all of those other things. So when I chat to patients who might be 40 and well with fatty liver disease, I say, look, probably your liver isn't going to kill you, but it's 
a marker that when you're 60 or 70, you're going to have cardiac disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, sleep apnea and obesity. And the time to do something about it is not when you are 60 or 70, when you're really in trouble, it's a decade or two before that. Isn't it true that even children are showing signs yeah. of fatty liver disease? You see that in your work? Yeah, I don't, I don't do paediatric uh, medicine, but my paediatric colleagues, yeah, that, this is part of their bread and butter. They're seeing lots of kids with liver disease from, from being overweight. And do you think out there in terms of government or other organisations, is there recognition of this health issue, enough recognition? I think there is a lot of recognition at all levels of government about the problem of overweight Australians and obese Australians and the potential consequences. Um, and there are lots of attempts, I think, with respect to the issues of diabetes and heart disease and high blood pressure and diet generally. Now, I don't think the liver part of it is getting as much fanfare as it could, but I think the issue of obesity in Australia and the Western world is getting a lot of fanfare, and quite appropriately. In terms of creating the fanfare, this is part of your work here. We're, we're trying to raise awareness about the liver's role in this. So to be aware of it as an issue on the list of things they might raise with their general practitioner, if they're told by their GP that they've got fatty liver disease, hopefully we'll have better resources available. Uh, for them to read online, digest what's wrong and think about interventions that can change things. I guess over the next few months and, and years we'll see the evolution of our liver policy or approach, uh, Hepatitis Victoria, and thank you very much for the work you're doing. Dr Paul Gow, liver specialist from the Austin Hospital, is also the chair of our Liver Advisory Committee. And if you would like to listen to more podcasts or find out more information, just go to our website, which is hepatitisvictoria.gov.au. Thank you very much. Lovely. Thanks, Mark.